0: Hi everybody, welcome to Shrink Chat. Happy October. Yay. This month makes me happy for so many reasons. It's so good. We are officially at the halfway mark of October. It's October 16th today. I hear that you have been buying things. Which oh my was, god, the season to buy things. I went things. down a horrible
1: rabbit hole. What rabbit hole is this? Okay. So and I guess it's maybe maybe it's like my birthday gift to myself. Mm. I don't know because mm-hmm. I don't know what got into me. I do. Okay, so I've had a denim jacket for a while that I have some patches on Okay, that I started with like a Santa Cruz patch, like a Volkswagen bug. And Santa Cruz to me is like one of the cities of good horror movies. You have Lost Boys, you have um, Us, you you know, it's the small town that kind of gives you this creepy. So and then I have a couple other patches on there, but um, I just put a new one on which is like a it's a large skeleton. And I got home and I said, Oh my god, I need to finish this jacket. And there's so many great horror films that I wanna get. So I went on to Etsy and it was bad. I think two and a half hours later, I had narrowed it down to like ten and there's like another thirty in my cart <laughs> of these patches. But they're all <laughs> like vintage, so Lost Boys, Nightmare on Elm Street. There's a, a Halloween one I got, which is a window and he's in the window and there's a little pumpkin. It says stocking since 1978. Oh my God. Yeah. And there's like, there's awesome. a Bauhaus one that I bought. So I'm just going to like, I mean, I was looking at all these different vendors probably for two and a half hours. <laughs> like, and I remember I was thinking to myself, I'm like, this is like my version of a porn addiction. Like I'm going, this is insane. Like I was, I could not stop myself. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, but they had a Fright Night. I got Fright Night too.
0: Oh my god, that's so all fun. the old
1: Universal monsters. Mm-hmm. So now I'm I'm buying them little by little because I want to make sure that they're laid out on the jacket appropriately but yeah, I mean I think you're
0: designing it while you're buying it like oh that would go on the left that's
1: why I was like I have to oh night of the living dead I bought a pin of the girl okay yeah so there's so much good stuff so it's my kind of fun yeah fall project I'm putting together it's like the way to celebrate Halloween when you can't go anywhere
0: right (laughs) there's a bunch of I've been posting and looking at There's all these drive-in, like, pop-up drive-in Halloween things in Mm -hmm. L.A., and I don't think I'll do one of them.
1: I am going to one called, I think it's called Hellfest. Okay. With two of my friends. Um, It's actually a walkthrough, but they don't have – live actors it's going to be like animatronics and you go sure, in sure, with sure. your group like yeah, just yeah. with your group and we, we did a vip so we could go in all the mazes so i don't know my friend he's done it a couple times um when they did have actors mm-hmm. but the one that we were going to do they ended up shutting down and we were bummed he's like well we have to do something but this is my friend who also has like fog machines all over his house i was gonna say and you do have friends with like halloween I have, <laughs> he's probably the only other friend besides me that yeah. loves it as much as you do like mm-hmm. when i go over there even like we'll be just sitting up at his bar and he's like more fog and that no one can see each other Uh, I used to live with him um, so and he and I would celebrate Halloween like crazy so we're I'll I'll have to review it we're going on Friday Mm the 23rd and I'll let you know Mm
0: -hmm. absolutely and then it'll probably just be for like one more week after that or whatever for the Halloween season which is cool yeah Um, well that sounds good I guess I better start buying Um, I I wanted to mention that I saw that there was a movie called <laughs> Psycho. And then the second word is therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, <laughs> it's coming to DVD uh, on the 20th. So in just a few days, um, a therapist under tremendous pressure snaps and takes her vengeance out on her patients. This
1: is about me. I'm like... <laughs>
0: It, we're all just three steps away
1: yeah, <laughs> from this. We, we had similar texts this week. Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: Of like burnout. It's and heavy. Wanting to throw things and stuff. Yeah. So I just thought that was amusing. Psycho and theory. that we should probably watch it. Oh, I yeah, mean, we have to. You know, because, I mean, it could be the worst thing ever. There's a but. little
1: compartment in every therapist head that of Is, course you know yes we don't want to harm our patients no nobody report us it's just that no. sometimes we have these weeks where we're like shh, <laughs> shh, 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 shh. <laughs> quiet <laughs> quiet down calm down calm down mm-hmm.
0: hush, hush yourself <laughs> which <laughs> just hush yourself girl um yeah of course and we share that because we are human <laughs> And everybody is human, and ther- your therapist is human. And, uh, you know, we get tired. We get tired, and we get annoyed, and we get frustrated, <laughs> and we get all the things depressed, helpless aggressive <laughs> we get all the things we just happen to have skills to keep all of that. Like keep our clients from knowing all of that. Most, most of the of us time, Mo- <laughs> except for Kathy. No. um Of course, Kathy has those skills too. And then every now and then we realize we're going off the rails a little bit and we take a break and that's called good self-care, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So psychotherapy. <laughs> watch it. We'll be watching it. All right. The other movie I wanted to mention that's coming out hypothetically, I guess, <laughs> is the craft legacy the new one? Mm-hmm. on demand October 28th mm. uh, Zoe Lister Jones Zoe Lister Jones wrote and directed this uh, as a continuation of the 1996 teen horror fantasy about a coven at a Catholic high school. Bunch of actors in it, obviously, who are teenage spellcasters. Uh, Pam Grossman, a witch, and the host of the Witch Wave podcast, hired a consultant, so expect the script to be guided by legit witchery.
1: Yeah. So, so, is it a remake of the original? It said
0: it's a continu This article, which is a New York Times, you know, for what it's worth, said it's a continuation. Gotcha. Meaning sequel, I'm guessing. <laughs> because it's all different people you know i assume at least all these actors are different that are listed i don't know if there'll be any like fabulous cameos that'd be kind of cool but whatever scream five's coming i know i knew i knew you were thinking that while i was saying i yeah. love i love myself some nev i know we're talking 90s um so we'd like to do a little segment that we like to call <clears> horror <throat> facts with girl <laughs> She had to clear her throat. I
1: was was drinking. That was cute. Okay. Numero uno. Yes, ma'am. Prints of this film were shipped to some theaters under the fake title, fake title, red impression. Number two. All of the vampires have names, but not mentioned until the end credits. Hmm. Number three, the vampires speak a language created for the film with the help of a linguistic professor from New Zealand University. So (laughs) it's New Zealand made, it's a vampire film. Love it. They have their own language. And number four, the setting of Barrow is a real city in Alaska, but it was actually filmed in New Zealand where nearly half the cast is from. Oh, cool. So what happens in Alaska once a year, Shannon? Eskimos? No. Solstice? What do you know about the sun? Oh, (laughs) equinox. Once a year in Alaska, Eclipses. they have 30 days of night. Oh, there you go. Right? Yeah. Great movie if people if, out there haven't seen it. Yep. Josh Hartnett, Melissa George, really creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kind of has a sleeper following to it. I'm sure. Um, I don't know. It's over 10 years old now. But it's really, really well done. The vampires are, uh, they have, it's almost like a Klingon kind of language. It's very strange. <laughs> but they, they, uh, they're really, really Oh, um, this looks aggressive. familiar. Yeah. I'm just, I, I looked it up. And the storyline is good too. Like there's an underlying piece, like he and Melissa George are going through a separation while this is all happening. But I mean, imagine it's really clever because imagine having 30 days of night and there's vampires around. There's no reprieve. Right. Right. It's a good movie if if you haven't seen it. Cool. Right on.
0: I also know you were going to, um, and I love how you're like, what happened? (laughs) I love the pregnant pauses. First of all, in your delivery each between each fact that's oh yeah what, that's like my favorite it's part. very deliberate it's, i want you all I know. to let it oh sink i know in. <laughs> i could tell <sighs> i'm looking at her very deliberate but i like it
1: i'm looking at you like think about that i one. know i
0: know it's so every like,
1: fact is intentional
0: you idiot
1: yeah no i like it
0: uh you were gonna t- speaking of stress <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I found this, I mean, to some people this might be very obvious, but sometimes it's it's about going back to the basics. And so I, I found an article on um, acute stress, which just means like kind of, uh, depending, we're not talking about acute stress disorder. That's something different. Acute stress is just sort of the everyday stressors. Some of us have more than others. Um, we've certainly had more acute stress during covid um, or different kinds of acute stress, I should say, because without COVID it might be, if you live in LA, it could be sitting in traffic on the way to work and on the way back. And, um, what this article talks about is actually a, an optimal amount of acute stress may actually slow down the spread of fears. And it helps us sort of build a distress tolerance. So, um, uh, we see this sometimes, it, sometimes it's even portrayed in movies where when people have a v- very uh, priv- privileged life, lives where everything's done for them and they don't have to really go out much or everything's brought to them or they don't have to wait in line, which I think we're becoming more of a society like this, which is why we have, I think, seen rates of addiction go up and um, anxiety go up is because we are becoming less distress tolerant. Um, So I just want to put this out there that, you know, it's really important that we don't use apps for everything. It's really important. Now, it's clearly during COVID, this is, you know, we're taking certain precautions and we're staying inside. And so we are using deliveries. And so I'm not really talking about COVID and I'm taking politics out of this. This is just about, you know, it's really important to let yourself experience discomfort and stress to a certain level so it doesn't become sobering when, when just the, the littlest amount of stress can actually cause somebody to go over the top. So it says acute stress may slow down the spread of fears, which makes sense as to why maybe more marginalized communities have levels of, um, um, I know this is a controversial word right now, but levels of resilience um, for stress tolerance, because a lot of people in marginalized communities live with ongoing stressors. So any stress you suffer, um, acute stress is any stress that you kind of suffer for a short period of time. And it can start over the next day, but it's not like, it's not a post-traumatic kind of stress. It's just ongoing, like you might have to work six days a week every week, and you get maybe only a little bit of self-care time. So what this is pertaining to is when, so if people are reading or watching the news, and we've been seeing a lot of stuff that's, you know, come to fruition lately, whether it's been the political climate or the social climate and how people react to this news, if you're someone who um, is sort of, is, is more tolerant as of this acute stress. It's not that you take it less seriously, but what they talk about is that your way of communicating it to other people or delivering that information is not as, I don't know, um, expansive or like it's not as dramatic or it's not heightened. as shocked. Heightened. heightened thank is, you. Yeah. Amplified. So I think the reason why I wanted to share this with all of you is I think it's really important for us to, have an optimal amount of stress every day that doesn't send us over the edge, but also isn't, you know, we're not so void of it um, that when the normal everyday stuff comes up, we're just more equipped to deal with it because I've watched um, over the past few months. um, And I'm going to, I'm going to get political here for a second. uh, Just, just to say that more privileged communities who have been told no for the first time in their life, are not acting very well Um, they're not reacting very well to that and it's interesting for me to watch because i'm sitting there going wow if you were living in a community where your rights were threatened every single day and there was a level of that being normalcy which it shouldn't be but it's the reality of it um, many of us would not be reacting (laughs) that crazy so i i I think that's just an example that i can think of is Mm -hmm. like you know when you've never had to deal with that type of stress um, I'm watching that play out. It's quite scary.
0: It is. I, well, the thing that came to my mind when you were talking when you started talking about this was that my a recent example for me is like working with people who are struggling with addiction. So I was just literally having a conversation the other day with someone about that always for your whole, let's say you're you know, 45 years old or something or 35, let's go with 35 years old and you've been medicating your feelings or your distress away for 20 years, let's say, since you started using, and you've never really been able to, you've never experienced actually what it's like to sit in distress and then get to the other side of it, because you've always used a substance to get to the other side of it, then, you know, when you decide to back off those substances as part of your therapeutic journey or part of, you know, what we're talking about type of thing, then what's you're going to feel like shit because you've never, you've never allowed yourself to feel like shit for longer than an hour. Right. You know, um, and then say, but I feel like shit all the time. Well, you feel like shit all the time because of the drugs. Right. That's not emotionally, you know, that that you're, you're sending your, your brain on an up and down journey of emotion. What I'm talking about is a natural journey of right.
1: experience
0: and experience an emotion, tolerating it, having that distress, like you say, distress tolerance. Um. And then. And then getting to the other side of it, because we know that that's exactly what every human on the planet is doing all the time, every day. (laughs) It's just you haven't been doing that. You've been doing this different
1: thing to your brain. Right. And I I think that we're seeing this, the more technology, and one of the reasons why we'll we love talking about black mirror on the show because black mirror that that's all the emphasizes how technology Mm -hmm. it's like, be careful what you wish for, right? Because it's getting us further away from having to do things for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that is a, it's a trap. Mm -hmm. It's a trap. So anyway, get up, make sure you're, you know, doing stuff. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Yeah. No uncomfortable stuff. You bet. Sometimes. Yep. Do it. Do
0: it. Uh, so, <laughs> just do it. No, uh, we both watched the at yeah, your suggestion. Although I had already watched it, which was awesome. <laughs> uh, at your suggestion, we both watched the Shutter original movie called Spiral. We did Canadian horror thriller premiered in September. And so, why did you suggest this movie?
1: Uh, or- I'd watched the trailer, and um, for me, I just loved the fact that um there was a queer lead mm-hmm. and you don't really see the lgbt community headline horror films mm-hmm. and not only as just a character we might see characters in horror films that are you know under the lgbt umbrella sure. but really the what i enjoyed about this movie and we're seeing this a lot with monkey paw productions and more horror that's leaning into um, it's still it's still scary, but there is a social justice component behind the story, and so it's you know it's we're we're using horror as a way to discuss marginalization, and so um, it's like this movie ha- had trauma and intersectionality. So you know the main lead he was a black man, he was gay identified, but the whole movie the the victims the the prey were the vulnerable. Um, so choosing someone vulnerable and vilifying them, Mm -hmm. you know, which is what one of the lines at the end of the movie. So I thought it was really clever. And it was also, there was so much gaslighting going on in this film. And, and, um, but he also ends up being the strongest character too. He doesn't really end up being this, you know, he knows what's going on. No,
0: he's the lead for sure. And I, I mean, one thing I'll just throw in is I thought his performance was really excellent.
1: His performance was great. So it's this, it's these two, um, men, this couple, they, they move to the suburban neighborhood and they have, uh, uh, the one guy has a daughter from his previous marriage to a woman and they end up in this town where they, it, everyone seems to be really pleasant and really amazing and, and really welcoming. But as the story goes on, you know, you figure out that there's some shady stuff going on that doesn't make sense and some supernatural stuff and they become targets.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, my, my, First reaction was that it was, you know, a metaphor. Certainly everything, the horror elements, which there's a few, obviously, and there's very, a lot of tension. And it was a, an allegory. I guess would be the word but a metaphor for the injustice and the intolerance and there's some choice lines in the movie about that where he says things like you know don't he gets very very frightened at one point and he says to his daughter you know like don't stand up don't speak out right this is actually very serious he yep. doesn't say you could die but that's the inference this is like no uh, everything I've ever taught you about speaking up and speaking out and being loud and proud like don't do it. It. don't do it because this is the time to be on the down low type of thing
1: the The part that i think i appreciated the most and resonated with me the most was when he's sitting with the couple that the the, uh, the two couples are sitting together so it's the two men and then their neighbors and um the neighbors are playing it off like oh man that's so like outdated and backwards that you know people wouldn't accept you and i love when he says because, uh, the, and then they go on to say like, you know, that doesn't exist anymore. They allude to like, it doesn't exist anymore. And, and he goes, y- you sure about that? <laughs> and, and I, and I've yeah. felt, I have felt that oh, yeah, um, I bet. Si- sitting with people, you know, like, you know, I know that sounds really nice coming out of your mouth, but um, I, you know, there's still a level of discomfort and there are people who don't, see it that way I think
0: it's a really interesting I I I think you're so right as far as like it being a superhuman moment where you in that like if you felt that or him in this case my first thought was that's just the what I'd really like to do is tell you you're full of shit and how would you know you straight white jerk is kind of exactly like that's what you're really wanting that's what's happening in in this guy's head this is my projection but like that's kind of if i were to put my try to empathize and put myself in that position that's what i would be thinking but wow it comes out is to just challenge him sort of gently because you're like at a tea party or whatever. Yeah. They're like at a dinner party and yeah. there's like 25 people around and they're new in town, mm-hmm. right? And they're mm-hmm. trying to fit in. So I just saw all of that, like how we distort and, and, and downplay what we really, the injustice and the pain we feel in those moments in order to Again, like humans, fit in in the moment yep. and say like just challenge him a little bit and not let it go by. Right, but to say like, are you sure?
1: Yeah, you sure everyone feels that way? Well, and then a couple yeah.
0: minutes later, the guy says like, oh, well, that's just terrible. Like he finally takes it in or something, and then says something stupid yeah. like, well, I just that's just yeah, terrible. Not us, we not don't, us people around here protect you. Yeah.
1: People around here don't feel like that. Yeah, well, we see what happens later. So, So, and but it it also had creepy moments and it was directed well. And I thought this the acting was solid. And there's some um, familiar faces you'll see if you watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it too. Thank you for suggesting it.
0: And on to um, I saw Evil Bong. (laughs) Yeah. Just I'm going to pivot from the intelligent to the Tommy Chong. So. I, it's an Elvira hosted. Oh, nice. Yeah. On Tubi with ads, but you can also rent it probably on Prime or what have you for a couple of bucks if you want to do it without the ads. But um, Tubi, T U B I, in case you guys don't know, um, has lots and lots and lots of of free stuff, a lot of horror on there. So it's uh, Elvira hosted. So Evil Bong. You heard me right, kids. Evil bong. Evil bong. 2006 horror comedy. 2006 was the shocking part of this because it's set in the 80s. Um, and sort of shot with that kind of level of, I don't know, production value. Film directed by Charles Band about a group of college stoners who smoke a bong. Unaware that the bong transports the smoker into a surreal world where strippers with teeth like <laughs> bras attack them. <laughs> oh, <God>. uh, <laughs> so one of the best parts of this, if you want you, I mean, you have to watch the Elvira hosted one. I'm not even sure you can see it other, otherwise, but I mean, you just have to like, that's the way to watch this. Um, the, so she pops in and out as she does and says things. And uh, Tommy Chong is in it briefly, has a couple of scenes. And there's one p- part where Elvira puts up a, a man counter, meaning like, hey, man. So every time he says man in this like three minute scene, it counts. Or actually, it's for the whole, it count Actually, oh, I'm wrong. It counts through the whole movie. And I think by the end of the movie, it gets to like 21 or something. But there's a couple of runs, a little sentences where he's like, hey, man, I don't know, man. And then that man, oh, you know, and he's just like, you know, because yeah. that's his thing. Yeah. Anyway, so stuff like that makes it fun. Um, there's super cheesy effects in it, makes it fun. And the stoners are silly. And I don't know. I enjoyed it. Evil if you long. Did you look at the picture? No, I will right now. <laughs> I just, here, I'll show it to you.
1: Oh my God. Is that it like a. It's a uh,
0: bong with a little face, like a little demon looks, or something in it. It looks
1: like it. a little garden gnome. <laughs> anyway, yeah. That's
0: awesome. It's good stuff. What did you watch?
1: Okay, so I went way back. Uh, to 1987, it was Joe Bob Briggs, which made it even better. But it was a movie called Blood Harvest. <laughs> okay, oh so uh, you know it's bad when Tiny Tim is one of the leads in the film, and I, and I don't mean Tiny Tim guys from Christmas Carol. I mean tiptoeing through the tulips, Tiny Tim. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you if you don't know who that is, do yourself a favor, Google, and do a history lesson. <laughs> um, okay, this the movie. Bad things happen in a rural town where someone named marvelous Mervo, tiny Tim runs around like a clown. That's really not at all what this movie is about. I mean, he's part of the movie, but there's all these murders going on. And then at one point, like the damsel in distress is passed out at one point. This guy gets naked and lays on top of her and he's like, Shh, it's going to be okay. I mean, it's just weird. <laughs> so, so let me give you the two critic reviews for this movie. This will give you an idea. The IMDb entry for this mess of a movie describes Blood Harvest with a perfunctory in a small town, people are being murdered by having their throats cut, which probably tells you all you need to know, possibly more about this shoddy shoddy train wreck. The other comment is, the Blood Harvest looks like it was a lot of fun to make, but it is a chore to watch, lacking the spark to lift it above the pack in a crowded indie horror marketplace. Um, It was horrific. That's pretty much all the, the... the, the only two reviews because no one's going to give it that much attention. Only movie that tiny Tim, I think acted in. So I just want to give you all a little taste of the opening. So tiny Tim in real life was, I guess you'd call him a singer. He was a performer. He was um, a so comedic he's, performer. He, he's dressed as a clown mm-hmm. um, while he's singing this. I wish I could give you the, the actual,
0: what picture. are you doing there? You're moving to Oh, cool. So just so it. you hear the noises. That's Kathy taking I'll her mic my off my the stars. stand. Ready?
1: <laughs> okay that's how the movie starts he's dressed as a, like a, a rodeo clown <laughs> i was trying really hard not to
0: laugh while you were trying to do that sorry just put my mic back okay in. it was
1: it, it's so weird <laughs> well he
0: was always very weird
1: he was, but then who says, I have a great idea. Let's make him a clown in this movie and sing, have him sing in his tiny no, Tim. No, I mean,
0: that's what he, I mean, it makes sense to me only because like, that's what he does. I know. And he was literally a jester in our culture. Like oh God. made fun of. The totally a train wreck.
1: Forget- <laughs> yeah. And the movie's bad. Like we get it. Joe Bob's commentary is <laughs> always great though. But uh, it was, it was, it, it was terrifying. Not in like a scary way. And in, in, it was horrific. Okay.
0: But you enjoyed the Joe Bob because Joe Bob was basically like, the great thing about him is that he's like you in the situation where like yeah. you cut to Joe Bob and Joe Bob's like, well, this is a train wreck <laughs> yeah. or whatever. I mean,
1: he, he's the, some of these movies I watch, I can only watch them because he's commentating. Oh no, for sure. This being one.
0: And sometimes I fast forward through
1: the <laughs> yeah oh you have to <laughs> yeah like okay i get what's happening here one i'll Wee. be t- i'll be talking about one next week which i i literally had to either like yeah. fast forward. i mean it was horrible. sometimes sometimes they post
0: um just the clips of joe bob so you can like go to the version where it's yeah. just the clips sometimes they do that when they can't get the rights to the movie that they showed live they can't get the replay rights or whatever anyway I also watched, um, I did a little like family friendly jaunt as well. I'm oh. starting to do the family friendly ones. And like, I'm also, I'm going to keep doing that for the month too. I like to mix it up, you know? Yeah. I've watched a couple of those too. So I watched, uh, so far I have viewed Halloween town. Yeah, that's a good one. On Disney plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like I could have sworn I'd seen that, but I really had forgotten it because there were only mere glimpses of things that were familiar to me. Mm -hmm. But it's cute. I mean, I would say that movie is really sort of preteen almost like that's really. Yeah. Um, But it's sweet and it's cute and it's Halloween town, man. They all live in Halloween town and it's um, fun. And then I also watched the new
1: Netflix, uh, Adam Sandler. I did too. Hubie Hubie Halloween. Halloween. What do you you think? think? (laughs) Um, Jinx. (laughs) <laughs> what I think is I grew up in a in a suburb um very similar we didn't have as many corn, you know, cornfields. It was very it, it it's like you just get cloaked in Halloween watching it. Like he's yeah. performing, he does his dumb water boy guy which I can't stand. I'm really sick of that. I am too and I love Adam Sandler but I hate that character so much that that was not the reason I watched it. I loved that the whole town was cloaked in Halloween. Everything like you, every shot has something Halloween in it, so I loved that part of it Mm because it really brought me into the season. Yeah, and there were elements of it that were fun, but I'm just over that character.
0: I think we have the same thought about it then because I I made it all the way through. Sometimes Mm I turn off Adam Sandler stuff because I just get bored or whatever. I don't know, I'm just like, I, I, this is another hour, I can't get back. Um, but. Uh, that's what I liked it for is that it was Halloween and there was a lot of Halloween and there was less Adam Sandler in it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, like he's not in every single shot at all. And what's her name? The mom from, um, modern families. Right, 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 right. uh, The wife. She's awesome. I like her a lot. So I liked her. I liked the, I, just whenever he would
0: you know I just would kind of like ignore what he was doing that water boy dumb thing that it, it, <laughs> my
1: favorite scenes were with Maya Rudolph and Tim Meadows there you go there you go like that's that was what I was there was some surprised about. throwback in there yeah yeah Rob Schneider shows up Steve Buscemi like the cast you know and then um who's the other guy uh, Kevin James mm-hmm. yeah
0: i guess that's that's why i could like it is because it wasn't a, a movie where adam sandler was in every scene right it had it was really ensemble even though of course he's the big draw yeah which i mean i loved adam sandler back in the day like, he a wedding singer's so good oh my god so many good things but anyway so that's like i think it's a good watch for halloween
1: yeah it's fun yeah um what else? I I've, I've been doing some of the oldies too. So mm-hmm. Sleepy Hollow, I went back and rewatched, nice. which I want to add to our Halloween list because I forgot how good that is. Okay. And Johnny Depp's performance and how it's just all shot in like the grayscale, so the blood is like super bright. And <laughs> Christopher Walken's terrifying in that. Christina Ricci's so young, mm-hmm. but it's one of my top like Halloween to go to. He's a great Ichabod Crane. Okay. Um, and yeah, just you know, a lot of the old ones. Um.
0: I watched Dracula the 1931 yeah, version.
1: That's a, that's a great one.
0: I hadn't watched that in a long time. I just want to say, um, so Dracula 1931, um, you know, Lon Chaney had been scheduled to play the role, mm-hmm. um, and because you know he had been s- super famous from his roles in The Hunchback of Notre Dame and, and the, the and um, the Phantom of the Opera.
1: Did he had he done Wolfman yet? I don't know. Oh, okay. Or was it Lon Chaney Jr. that did Wolfman? I don't know. Anyway.
0: And then, but then he died as Dracula was going into production. And this, you know, mysterious 49-year-old Hungarian named Bela Lugosi, who could barely speak English, by the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> was cast as Dracula and the rest is history. And so I, I've i really been enjoying, and I've, I've done this m- most years, where I watch um, TCM. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of great stuff. And what I've been doing is I've been seeing what the schedule is going to be and then um, adding the movies to my library in Roku. Mm-hmm. And so then I can go back and watch them whenever I want. But oh, you can also do it like watch live or if you subscribe or whatever. If you have cable, you can watch them live, et cetera. But there's there's a lot of great ones, all the real, all the classics. So I'll probably be talking about a few more of those. But yeah, Dracula was just
1: classics are great. It was
0: good, and it, because you know it's 1931, you just go with it. But it was good.
1: Yeah. It's its own genre of horror. Yeah, it sure, Some is. genre of horror. Yeah, the, classics. The yeah, the classics are very yep. different. Yep. Um, what else? Yeah. I'm trying to think.
0: I can talk, I can talk about one more and then if so, give you a minute to think about anything else you might want to mention
1: and then we'll wrap it up. I know we're probably going to do a series on this, but I started House of Bly Manor. Mm -hmm. So far, it's good. Uh, I don't think you'll, uh, personally, I don't think you'll beat um, Haunting Hill House. (laughs) I just think that that series was so awesome. So it's called
0: The Haunting of Bly Manor. Or
1: Haunting, sorry, Bly Manor. No worries. Um, Anyway... All I, all I will, I will leave it at this. Have you started it?
0: I have watched the first two episodes. Okay.
1: So then you'll know episode two down in the cellar. Mm -hmm. She goes back up. Mm -hmm. The doll fucking moves. (laughs) I'm just gonna leave that right there. That is my biggest nightmare. And I've talked about that on the show, how I had dolls in my room that my dad ended up getting rid of Mm -hmm. that scene. Mm -hmm. Very triggering for me. Mm hmm. And did you have a cocktail or what happened? No, what ended up happening was I'm like, yes, this is going to be terrifying. And now I'm on episode five and I'm like, I'm not that scared.
0: Okay. So I have to make make my way through it. The Haunting of Bly man- Manor is, it's like supernatural horror. It's the second. It's, it's
1: way more psychological than scary.
0: And it's the... 1898 horror novella, The Turn of the Screw.
1: Yeah. It's the, supposed to be... About a, the kids.
0: Yeah, by Henry James. So it's supposed yeah. to be an amplification of that story. So we'll just see. Uh, yeah, The Haunting of Hill House would have been really rough to to follow Those up on. Big shoes to fill. So good. So this is the sophomore effort. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's not bad. It's just different. No, no. It's yeah. not bad. It's
0: just, and we always knew it was going to be different. I mean, yeah. it's literally a different story. These are anthology seasons, kind of like American Horror Story. So... All right. Yeah. And and then I'll just mention that I finally saw the movie Ma. Oh, how was it? Um,
1: I've been like sitting on the fence of do I want to watch that? Because I like her.
0: Yeah. It was literally a day where I I was going alphabetically through my library <laughs> of the things that I hadn't watched. Yeah. And I was flipping through and I said to myself, I'm just going to watch the next horror movie that mm-hmm. I haven't seen in my library. Mm-hmm. And that was what happened. And okay. so that kind of forced me to, yeah. to do it. Uh, what I will say is that, you know, I really enjoy Olivia Spencer, Octavia Spencer. Yeah, I'm sorry, I do too. Um, she was, I mean, it's a horror movie where you're scared, supposed to be scared of. Her. I thought she, I mean, I, I thought it was funny sometimes, and mm-hmm. probably maybe not supposed to be funny. Um, I, I mean, C, a C. Mm. Yeah, like, I
1: think like, that's what's why I've been. That's so. I'm picking up on that. I think like
0: it. There's nothing inherently necessarily wrong with it. Like so, I'm not gonna say, oh God, don't waste your time, right? Like I'm not that far. I mean, there's other stuff. Some people might, but there's other stuff to watch. So again, it's been sitting there for a while. Yeah, in my little library. So it obviously because I think I I spoke about it when we were talking about like movies to anticipate for the year type of thing and it was one of those ones where i was like "Ooh, octavia spencer in a horror movie that's gonna be awesome and she is awesome mind you Mm -hmm. um but yeah so a a, a c like i would say throw it on but i wouldn't you know i got you didn't blow me away so i appreciate that that's that's what i got what you got nothing (sighs)
1: nothing i'm done
0: you done yeah she's got a halloween shirt on today kids so next week on the show we are talking michael myers
1: we are all michael myers all
0: michael myers universe so tune in for that next wednesday thank you so much for listening this is terror talk my name is shannon and i'm kathy sleep safe everyone oh i just said terror talk so now i'm just going to do the end real quick Mm -hmm. again Thank you so much for listening. This is Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so
1: much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.